You're listening to As You Are, a podcast dedicated to adding more light and love to your life, wherever you are, whenever you listen. I'm Shelby, a yoga and mindfulness instructor and writer. And I'm Mikkel, a writer and a life coach. And today we are just taking your questions and giving giving it our best shot to give you some answers. Just a little quarantine Q&A, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what we miss so much, as I'm sure a lot of you do, is just conversation. Yep. Meaningful and not meaningful. <laughs> just talking to other human beings. Just human interaction in general. Yes. <laughs> so our, our hope is this podcast episode, we can touch on, you know, those meaningful questions you asked and also just maybe fill a void while you're cleaning the room for a millionth time when your toddlers messed it up for a millionth time. Just me? Am I projecting? <laughs> um, <laughs> and you just want to hear another voice. So we're glad you're here. Yeah. Should we just get into it? Let's hop right in. All right. So the first question I got was, how did we meet? Cute. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I feel like there are two sides to the story. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Uh, So I served an LDS mission in Minnesota, and my very first companion on my mission was Mikkel's sister, Lindsay, and she had a really great sense of humor, and she's really sharp and clever, and I really got along with her well. Um, I just went back through my mission journals, and uh, I actually found in my first journal from my first area that she told me that I really reminded her of her little sister when we first became companions, so that was really funny. Um, So I really liked her, and then I came home, and followed Mikkel, I think, on Instagram just because I knew her through Lindsay and she's a beautiful writer. So I loved following Mikkel and getting to know her that way. And then she came on my very first yoga retreat and we've been buds since then. Just good buds. <laughs> just 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 friends. No. We're very good friends. <laughs> yeah, I remember Lindsay emailing me and saying we were a lot alike and she thought we would get along really well. So she she told me I need to find you on the good old IG. And so we were following each other for what, like five, six years? Yeah, a long time. And hadn't really talked a whole lot, yeah. just kind of stalked each other a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah, like I loved following your posts, but... But yeah, when you um, posted about your first yoga retreat, yeah, yeah. I just felt such a call. I was like, I have to be there, which felt weird because I'd literally never done yoga in my life. And, and she killed it. <laughs> you mm, did great. But yeah, I just was like, I have to go there and didn't quite know why, but... I went and it was like the best experience ever. And and then, as Shelby said, we just became buds. We, we were just buds. <laughs> that's, that's the new name of our podcast is Just Buds. Should we get a little jingle for that? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> I have time. <laughs> um, yeah. And I like that question. I feel like I'm going to get sentimental. I feel like with a lot of things throughout our friendship, I feel like you can just see how the hand of the divine is in there and how we were just meant to cross paths in the way that we have. And it's, it's been great for me to be just buds with you. (laughs) It's been really good for my heart. (laughs) Oh, I love you. I love you too. Yeah. I definitely feel like you came into my life at a really crucial time and have blessed me so much. Same. It's mutual. Just buds. Just buds. I'm going to make you a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. I can't remember if it was the same person that sent this, but the question after that was, how did we decide to start a podcast together? Your retreat in 2018? Yeah, Zion. Mm -hmm. I had just gotten back from a a conference where in LA where I was focused on video, Yes, but ended up going to all these talks on podcasting and just felt such a pull towards it. But we just got talking. We're like, I want to do a podcast. And you're like, I want to do a podcast. 
And it kind of went from there. And within like 48 hours, we had come up with As You Are mm-hmm. with the name. And and then February, we launched. Yeah, it was a bold move. <laughs> and I And I love it. I love that we just went for it. And I thought it was cool. I think for me, in my mind, it just flowed because when we were talking about like, oh, that's so cool. You want a podcast? Like, what are your main objectives or what do you hope to give to people? And our answers were exactly the same. And we were like, hey, just bud, do you want to start a podcast with me? And it's been it's been good. And I think, you know, if you're listening and you want to start a creative project, I think any creative project with a friend is nerve wracking. And I've always felt really safe with Mikkel. Mikkel is a very uh, gives a lot of grace as a friend and as a partner working on a creative project and I think that that is what I personally need to feel creative especially as a mom is someone who understands and gives grace and also helps push me and she's both so it's mm. find find you a Mikkel <laughs> but don't take Mikkel <laughs> <laughs> I love you I love you too um let's see should I just keep going keep keep trucking through I I only got a few and the rest were like those weird ads that are like Hey, lovely lady, want a free guide on intimacy? I'm like, oh, no, thank you. I'm good, thanks. No, thank you. (laughs) I got a few of those, too. How do they find me? Who are these people? Every time I do a question. We love it. All right, so another question was, what made you decide to move to the areas you live in? I like this one a lot. Do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um... So before living in, I'm not going to say the exact town, but living in Davis County where I live, we lived in Daybreak in Salt Lake, which is a beautiful community. It's like a community planning dream. And we were so grateful to build there. Um, But the longer we lived there, the more we just felt like where we're living doesn't necessarily align with our values. And so one day Cody came to me and was like, hey, we need to move back to where we're from. And I just like really dug in my heels and I was like, oh, this is not like the ideal I had for myself. Like I saw myself living in a big city area or like an idyllic place. But um, he, he kept pushing with that. And over time, I really like saw the wisdom in it because we were always on the road to come home and see family. And because of who we both are and what we value, we're never going to not <laughs> come see family. We're never going to like see family less and so we decided to be closer to family which actually takes both of us further from work and we haven't felt the strain of that at all it's been a much better fit because we're somewhere where we're rooted in our values so we can go a little further for work also I just on a like really basic level it's really nice to know all the trails that like I grew up going on with like my mom and my sisters and I can take my son on them and know all the neighborhoods and not use a map um just kind of all the nostalgic things like my mountains and my uh, state park and the buffalo and the bison, just all the things that I really love. It just lines up with what I value, which is nature and my family and just slower living. So that's why I live where I live. Love it. So we live in Southern Utah and our plan was always, even before we were married, our plan was as soon as Jake graduates, we're going to Northern Utah. And that was set. And then last year, we just kind of had an experience where we just knew that we were meant to stay here, um, specifically here on the farm. And ever since we made that decision, it has felt just so perfect and just home. Like, this is my home. And I never saw myself living here. I always thought I was going to be up north, big city, all of that. But yeah, this 
just like you said, it's lined up with their values and we're so close to family and we're literally like a hundred steps from Jake's parents. <laughs> um, they're right across the road and I, I just couldn't ask for anything more. Yeah. The other question was, what's your favorite thing about living where you live? Ooh. We kind of answered that, but I mean. I I am, again, very sentimental. Cody and I both grew up here uh, about five minutes apart, and I love being where we fell in love. And I love um, something we talk about, like when you go to heaven and you get to see like the tape of your life. I'm sure this is exactly how it works, so please listen to me. <laughs> Um, something that we really want to know is like how many times we crossed paths before we actually met when we were in high school. Cause it's not oh. a big place where I live. Just all the mm-hmm. times that we were in the background of each other's lives, I think is really sweet. So that's something I really love is just the nostalgia. I love that. Yeah. That's, um, Jake and me too. We grew up like probably 10 minutes away from each other. And we, the first time we remember crossing paths was when I think I was 14 and then we didn't see each other again for another two years. So I love just, mm-hmm. I want to watch that tape in heaven. <laughs> right? I really I want know. that to be a thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my favorite thing here is we're so close to Zion. Mm-hmm. Um, so close to Bryce, Lake Powell, just Grand Canyon, all these different places. And we're just nestled in this like tiny little town. And I love that. And then even like more so, I love knowing that my boys get to grow up in the same, like walking these same paths and on the same farm as he did. Yeah. Um, that's pretty that tender. That is so sweet. I love that. All right. The next one was favorite cover artists. I don't, I like cover of what? Music? <laughs> like music, no. I, I would assume. I, I, it's, a, it's an interesting question. It's not like favorite artists. It's like favorite cover artists. Yeah. Very specific. Um, I love when Ingrid Michaelson covers anything. Oh, I love her. I think that, like, uh, that's one of my favorite things about seeing her in concert. Um, I love the Avett Brothers. They covered some John Denver last time I saw them in Colorado, and that was a special. And Jim Croce they covered, and I was like, wow, it's like you're in my head. And it was so good. But those are just people I love generally, so. Yeah, yeah. I think the only cover artist I can think of is, have you ever heard of Marie? Like M-R-E. I feel like you've shown them to me. I probably have. She does a lot of her own stuff, but I swear she has the voice of like an actual real life angel. Right on. And I adore her. So that's the only one I could think of is Marie. Yeah. (laughs) I might cover artists, books, book covers. Okay, bye. (laughs) They're really well known. (laughs) Yes, just just a whole podcast of us highlighting people who have created the covers. I really hope you've seen this book cover because it is incredible. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were reaching over to grab a book to show me. No, I was like bracing myself like Shelby. Stop joking. I was like, okay, I'm ready for this conversation. See, that's what I'm talking about. Work with someone creatively who gives you the grace to be doing a podcast on book covers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Another question. What is your favorite treat? This is such a hard one because I love treats. (laughs) Um, I will give you... My really corny answer and then some standard answers. I crave pomegranates. Like, it's my full-time job, like, all day, every day. Mm-hmm. That happened when I was living in China um, for a semester during college. I went and taught English, and that was, like, <laughs> the one the one word I always know how to say to find. <laughs> and I was like, this is a food I know. 
when I would go to the market. The food there was phenomenal, but that was like my daily treat was to go and get my pomegranate from the farmer's market between classes. Um, but I also really love cheesecake. Never mad at a really well-made cheesecake. And uh, in New York, there is the Levine Bakery and they make like the original OG giant cookie that's like half baked the size of your hand. And we found a copycat recipe a few years ago when I first started going to therapy and Cody got really, really good at making them because like I was doing EMDR therapy, which is a form of trauma therapy that's really exhausting and has you reprocess some of your trauma. So I would come home and I'd just be wiped out. And so Cody would make me these giant cookies to kind of like refuel to do my homework and have the calories and the things. So I started calling them trauma chip cookies instead of chocolate chip cookies. (laughs) I'm a really healthy person. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Anyway, what about you, Mikkel? I mean, honestly, I could eat chips and guacamole every day of my life. Yeah, are savory things considered a treat? Because I could get into that. I I swear I could eat that for every meal of my life or watermelon. Mm-hmm. But also cinnamon rolls. Oof. Jacob made cinnamon rolls a few days ago, and I'm already dying for more. Like, I I could live off of those as well. Yeah. But, like, if we're talking candy. Yeah. Well, we also need to touch on, before you move into candy, do you like Hint of Lime chips? Oh, yes. Okay, good. I was like, if you're doing chips and guac, are you doing it the right way? <laughs> they're, just a, they're just a good addition. Yes. Also, there's um, there's a market in town, and they make their own tortilla chips and they're they're like legit like see my hand here they're like that big oh they're giant rest in peace so good i have to get in my car and drive to you right now oh so good okay hear me out i'm ready white airheads oh yeah they're a very specific it's not mystery as in like you're getting one of the other flavors it's a very much like no the flavor is mystery mm-hmm. it's so good also have you seen that video where somebody like shook it yeah. Shook their air hood and it became like this tiny compact yeah. cube. I tried that. Not a fan. It's not the same. I did that a lot uh, in junior high. That's when I knew I had anxiety. Just kidding. Am I just 20 years late to this? <laughs> no. no, you're not. I was just trying to remember when I did it. Um, I also love Sour Patch watermelon. Mm, yes. Not the kids, though. It has to be the watermelons. No. The kids The kids are okay. If you're in a pinch, but it's a different ballgame with the watermelon. It very much is. Mm -hmm. Also Reese's Pieces. Yeah. Just Reese's in general, but a holiday Reese's is different than a regular Reese's. And that is another hill I will die on. Oh, yeah. Because the chocolate to peanut butter ratio in a Reese's egg or like a Reese's heart or a pumpkin is not the same as a regular Reese's cup. And it's better. It's so much better. Yeah. If you're buying regular Reese's, what are you doing? No, you just stock up. You see the holiday displays and you just stock up. If that were to be my panic buy. I wish I had seen this coming when I first saw them put out Easter candy. (laughs) I would have made different choices. (laughs) Oh, man. Speaking of, you know, current life situations. um, So somebody said, isn't it crazy how while life on a huge scale is shut down, our lives on a small scale go on with our little or big happinesses and fears and first steps and big dreams? Well, that's really beautiful. Yeah. This is all just pretty surreal, right? Yeah. One of the questions I got that was not a free guide to intimacy <laughs> asked, um, what's the biggest lesson we've learned in quarantine? And I was like, I don't know that I could distill it to one. 
Mm, that's a good question. It's a great question. And I think that it's kind of, um, we're in a bit of a refiner's fire, but it's really unique because we're all in it collectively. And I think that that's really rare mm-hmm. because often you're having a hard time and life around you seems like it's just going on as normal, but life is not going on as normal for anyone. And we're all having a hard time. Mm-hmm. So I think that that is really surreal. Yeah, it is really interesting and beautiful at the same time to watch so many people like reaching out to others and checking in with each other and I wish that that were the case always Mm -hmm. because everybody at any given moment is always going through something yeah I think the biggest thing I've learned is that I feel like my perspective on productivity is shifting quite a bit Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm really starting to solidify my belief that Like sometimes the most productive thing you can do is just sit outside and just be still or just sit with yourself. Because before, and even still, I still struggle a little bit, but before I would really struggle with thinking that if I take time to just be still, that I'm not being super productive, I guess. Yeah. This has really forced me to slow down and realize what really matters to me and all these things that I've known that I believe and felt to be true, I feel has kind of been brought to the forefront. And made me realize, like, okay, like, it's good to slow down. It's important to slow down. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's really beautiful. I think for me, I feel like it's been a good reminder to me that healing isn't linear. Mm -hmm. Like, we're in a situation where it feels like, you know, you get it down and you've got, like, okay, this is our quarantine schedule. And, like, we're killing it and we're crushing it. And the next day, like, you don't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really easy to beat yourself up for that. Even outside of a quarantine, if you're healing from trauma or trying to master your anxiety or depression or just navigating family life or whatever it is, I think it's really easy to get sucked in and think that, like, once you make, like, some forward steps that it's just going to be, like, uphill, uphill, uphill arrive from there. Mm -hmm. And just that reminder that as you're working through something, it's not linear and that's okay. And then also for me, just a reminder that I have everything I need within me and within my home. Um, Like, obviously, (laughs) when things were really crazy at first, it was nervous, like, getting groceries. And obviously, I really miss my people outside of my home. But what I truly need is here. And when everything else falls away, it's these people and this place. And I think when everything is up and running in the world, it's easy for me personally to get wrapped up in obligations outside of this. And so it's been nice to just remember that's obviously a core value I have, but like Mm -hmm. you said, to actually get to practice it and live it has been good for me. Yeah. What's something that maybe you might've taken for granted that you don't think you will anymore? (laughs) On like a funny level, I think target runs (laughs) for sure. But I think also something that I really treasure is shared experiences with strangers, which sounds really weird and kind of spooky (laughs) to say it like that. Um, But like fireworks on the 4th of July or like when you're on a hike and you watch a sunset and you see that like everyone else on the trail has stopped at the trailhead to watch the sunset too before getting in their car, just things like that. I feel like we're so cautious right now of not spreading this and being courteous and protecting the vulnerable that we're kind of avoiding situations where we can have that shared humanity but then also I think our avoidance of those things is a way that we're sharing humanity too so uh it's both but I miss being able to be together in a crowd (laughs) and tangibly feel it yeah 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 what about you kind of along the same lines 
But the biggest thing for me that I've noticed myself missing is the sound of collective conversation. Mm. You know, when you're like in a restaurant or just anywhere and you hear all these different conversations going on, all this different chatter as background noise and you hear someone like laughing or I don't know. I miss Mm -hmm. that sound of just. It's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought. No, that gave me chills. I miss that too. So that's something that I definitely won't ever take for granted or just gatherings in general. Yeah. Whether it's with people, you know, or not. I think just I, I didn't think I was an extrovert. (laughs) <laughs> I know I thought I was pretty introverted but I've been like oh no um I miss people I miss crowds I miss just seeing people and smiling at strangers <laughs> yeah <laughs> I really miss physical touch for yeah. sure I miss that a lot I mean my husband and I still hug each other it's not like we're, we're like also <laughs> each other out we're also in quarantine Cody's on the couch forever no but like just being able to hug your people, like my mom came and dropped an Easter basket off to my son and she's in healthcare. So she's been really, really careful to keep her distance. And so she just kind of stood at the gate and watched him play and watched him unpack it from like 12 feet away. And I was like, this is not right. This yeah. Is, like this should be in grandma's lap and I should be hugging my mom. And yeah. Yeah. Physical touch. It's hard. I'm excited though. I definitely, I think in general, I think all of us will savor the little things a lot more than we ever have. Yeah, I know. I hope when ever things return to normal that there is that kindness and that ability to cherish for sure. Mm. Let's see. Another question. It just says marriage hurdles. Oh. We gonna get into that? <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> um, well, I think we can get into it to an extent because I think that marriage hurdles are so personal uh-huh. for each couple but I think uh my two cents on this question is that everyone has them like I think it's really good to know that every single person has them yeah and it doesn't make you or your spouse bad Mm -hmm. and if you think about it even without any you know of the many complex problems that can come into a marriage you're blending two cultures Mm -hmm. and trying to create a new one and that in itself is a massive act of creative collaboration and that is a hurdle and I think that it's, there's no shame in hurdles. Um, And I think just as you learn to speak the language of your spouse and grow with them as they change, because they won't stay the same people that you married and you won't be the same, Mm -hmm. there there are hurdles. So I I wish I had like better (laughs) answers to all hurdles, but I think just love and respect and an understanding that it's normal and it doesn't mean that you're bad. And a lot of, I mean, you know, there are exceptions, but a lot of the hurdles we encounter don't mean that you have a bad marriage either. Yeah. I was just thinking adapting to each other's love languages and getting to know them Mm -hmm. and learning to love them the way that they need to be loved. I think that's a huge learning curve. Totally. Let's see. Did you have another one? Uh, So I had one. I need to read it because the wording was so sweet. This girl said, I want to talk about how the Great British Baking Show is the greatest and how we should all take notes from them on how to help each other under pressure, take criticism and rejection with grace, and just generally be more loving and kind to people. And when I got that, I just cheered because, amen, I feel the same about Great British Bake. And I think that that is really good principle. I mean, going with the marriage thing we just talked about, going with quarantine stuff we've been talking about, like just 
those principles of noticing when the people around you are struggling with the things they're trying to complete and not making it a competition and not making it about your own ego and insecurities, but instead making it about like, how do we rise collectively? It's just such enjoyable TV. It really is. And not just because of the act, like the accents, but just because like, when are people so lovely and like without uh, ulterior motives with each other? It's, it's great TV. You're right, girl. Mm-hmm. That was just the most pure little question or comment I've ever heard in my life. I know. I was like, that's exactly what I want to talk about. You're right. And I and I do wish we would compete like that more, like in politics, like in everything. Like if it was just like, oh, that is a good policy. Let's work together or like, let's combine things or let me help you with this, even though I didn't win. Like it wasn't so divisive. Yeah. And let's please do it in a tent on the countryside. Mm-hmm. All right. This question, this was a really good one. You ready? Mm-hmm. Feeling so stuck and not seeing the progress I'm working towards. How do you keep it up? <laughs> I don't think you do. <laughs> and that might be a harsh answer, but I think it goes back to what I was trying to say about quarantine is that healing isn't linear. Mm-hmm. And so if you're viewing it as a like, how do I keep this up or feel this way all the time? I don't think that you do. And I think by placing that expectation on myself in the past, that's what the most when I felt like I'm feeling or like I can't continue trying this hard to see no growth. <laughs> so I think it depends. You have to ask yourself, how am I defining growth? And also like what judgments or standards am I placing on what it means to move forward because speaking for myself like when I first went to therapy for example to work through trauma and anxiety sometimes it felt like I was just like falling down after a session and like going further and further feeling worse and like why would that be the case if I'm trying to move forward but I was moving forward because I was clearing things Mm -hmm. so I think that allowing wider definitions and maybe understanding that it's not linear helps me myself be kinder as I'm growing yeah I love that That that's so good what are your thoughts I was just thinking about how important it is to keep a journal yeah when I found myself feeling like stuck and being like I'm not getting there like what is going on I've gone back and looked at my journal and realized like oh I really have grown a lot because when you're in the middle of it it's really hard to to see any progress I think totally so I think just having that resource to look back on is huge for sure honestly too I think I think (laughs) I think of like two facets to it Mm -hmm. of like practicing radical self-love mixed in with a little bit of like moxie and determination. But I think if you're working towards whatever it is, just checking in with yourself and assessing like, am I heading in the direction I want to? Or like, do I need to pivot? Yeah. You know, if you're working towards something, you just have to, I don't know that balance is a word, but. Well, I think, I think that's a good point that like you need to hold yourself accountable while being an ally mm-hmm. because that's definitely something that when I work with groups in therapy setting or when I have been in therapy myself, like noticing when you're stuck in a victim mindset, mm-hmm. like when you on a certain level, not that you like it, I'm not saying anyone likes it, but on a certain level when that's become your new home base or comfort zone is to be a victim or to feel like you can never move forward mm-hmm. and being really honest about like, hey... I think I've kind of started to really buy into this mindset because it feels really good or comfortable or is kind of comforting because being accountable and honest is also really scary. Like, what if I'm not the victim? What if I have accountability and could be doing more or doing something different or helping myself in a different way? I think that's 
frightening. So sometimes victim mode feels easier. So I think that balance of self-love and accountability is really important, like you're talking about. Yeah. And that um, flows into, this is the, the last question that I got. And they said, how to balance wanting to improve yourself, but loving yourself where you are. That's our whole hope for your podcast experience. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a podcast episode that I think addresses some of this about compassionate goal setting. Mm -hmm. That was episode six, I think. I think so. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think that that goes hand in hand with what Mikkel just said, that you have that balance of radical self-love where you are your greatest cheerleader, your greatest ally. And you are also, because you believe in yourself and because you are that ally who knows what you're capable of, setting expectations and boundaries. Yeah, I think it's asking yourself, am I doing this out of fear or love? Yes. If you're wanting to like have a healthier lifestyle or move your body, you know, asking yourself, am I doing this because I want to celebrate my body, celebrate the fact that I can move? Or am I doing this because I just scrolled on Instagram and saw a picture of somebody else and now I'm partially comparing myself to them? Totally. And so I have to do this to be something I'm not. Yeah. So I think any anything, you just come back to that question of like, what are my motives? What's, what are my intentions? Am I, am I doing this out of fear or love? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, I think, the baseline. Right. Well, and I think like if you're coming from that place of love and you're constantly affirming that to yourself that's a well that's going to keep overflowing onto Mm -hmm. those goals and keep nourishing and supplying but if you're coming from a fear base I think speaking for myself that's when you will stop and start on a goal because it's like it's not actually rooted in your Mm. heart and in who you are so that you'll get off track from it and then you'll have that fear stimulus again of like oh yeah but this person's doing this so let me like hurry and get back on track and like do that so I can be better or be more like this or you know, be worthy. And it's going to take that fear stimulus over and over. And that's when you're getting off the wagon and on the wagon. But when you're rooted in love and constantly refreshing that love, that's when you actually stay Mm -hmm. on track, I think. Yeah. When you find yourself not motivated in love, I think that's when it's time to kind of hit the pause button on whatever you were focused on and coming all the way back to regaining that self-love again. Mm -hmm. That's what's kind of been how I've worked and how I've processed things is when I find myself operating out of scarcity or that fear mentality and thinking that I have to be something I'm not because what I am and who I am isn't good enough. That's when I've had to just pause and come back and been like, okay, I got to get myself recentered on love and then we can reassess from there. But if you're not working out of love, it's, it's just kind of setting yourself up for a lot of pain, I think, and a lot of frustration. No, I think you're exactly right. It's just all pain and frustration if you're not rooted in that. Um, The word rooted makes me think of the chakras. Mm -hmm. So we talk about those quite a bit in yoga. They're the energetic centers in the body. And they, whether you think that they're real in the body or you just use them as a concept to understand the body, either way is great. But you have these building blocks, almost like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. And the one that's the energetic center at the very base of the body at the tailbone and the legs is this root chakra. And the whole idea is that you feel safe. So that, you know, has to do with obviously food and shelter, but like, do you feel like you have a right to be here? Do you feel safe with yourself? Mm -hmm. And all the other chakras, like your emotions, your ability to express yourself, feeling powerful, being able to love, use your voice, uh, create, connect with God, all of that 
build on top of that root chakra. And I think that that is exactly what Mikel is illustrating is if you don't have that foundation of feeling that love with yourself and you're trying to attempt all these other goals, they feel shaky and they feel out of alignment because you're not sturdy and strong in that root. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you're finding it's hard to get where you want to go, ask yourself, What's going on at the base? What's going on with that root chakra or that basic right to feel like I have a right to be here and that I love and I'm safe with myself? Yeah, we just talk about this forever. Mm-hmm. And I, I just hope, you know, as you're going through a quarantine and listening to this, that, you know, you probably had goals before <laughs> this happened and you probably have things you want and you might feel frustrated with yourself that, you know, the day-to-day within this situation is not linear. But this is something we have never done before. None of us. And if it's feeling uncomfortable or we're feeling out of alignment, I think that is an invitation to the soul, from the soul, to return to that root and to return to that love and ask yourself, okay, how can I improve this? How can I feel that I have a right to be here, that I... I love and I'm safe with myself first Mm -hmm. because I think anything else you're trying to do in quarantine or otherwise is not going to happen Mm -hmm. without that. It can't happen. (laughs) Yeah. It always comes back to that love. And I just keep thinking about that question because I think about when my version of improving myself was how in the world am I supposed to like love myself? Mm -hmm. And that was the big pitfall. So what do you think are just a few steps you can take to returning to that love. Um, I'm going to like turn it right back over to you. I love when you've talked about thought ladders in the past. Mm-hmm. Would you share that again? Yeah. So the concept of thought ladders is just you can't go from I hate myself to I love myself. You have to have these laddering thoughts. And so if where you're at right now is I hate myself, then, you know, can we go to I am myself? And moving forward to I I accept myself up to I like myself and working all the way up to I love myself. It's not a it's not a one step process as much as we want it to be. It has to be these laddering processes and just trusting that there is a top and you can make it to the top of that ladder and that you might fall back and you might stumble. And there are times that even if you have found love for yourself, there are going to be times that you fall back Um And I think that's normal. That's just with healing, not being linear. But it's just taking those little steps every single day. And first off, getting acquainted with yourself, finding out who you are, understanding who you are and how you work and moving forward to learning to love that person and just trusting that who you are is worth loving Mm -hmm. no matter where you're at on that ladder. Yeah, absolutely. I think as you get curious with yourself, um, you might find things that are hard to love too. Like I think you get to know yourself and you find all these things that are worthy of love. But as you're striving, um, I think forgiving yourself for the things that you find that maybe you don't like or love Mm -hmm. and even thanking those attributes, I think is a great practice for helping you survive and get to this point. Um, I've shared in the past the difference between defensive traits and defensive state. Mm -hmm. So like if you're in a car accident, defensive state It's brief, but when you go through something hard over time, you develop these defensive traits and that might be disassociating. That might be that you scroll on your phone instead of work on your goals. And that might be how you survived. So I think learning to see those things and thank them is what allows us to then shed them and let them go so that we can work our way up that thought ladder Mm -hmm. and thank that for being a part of us, but know that 
who we really are at our core is love. And our hope, I think, is just that you, you know, practice that and see yourself with kinder eyes and have hope in where you're going because you are worthy, capable, and enough exactly as you are today and tomorrow, wherever you're at. Amen.